Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block with Ed, Jody and Steve. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast, which can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching for the Liberty Block. We invite anyone listening to this podcast to join us live on Zoom or by phone and share your thoughts on the issues that we discuss. Today, we're also once again joined by Mike. So good afternoon, everybody. Uh, hi, Jody. Hi, Ed. Hi, Mike. How's everybody? Ed, how are you? Hi, everybody. I'm, this is Ed. I'm good here. You're good here. We got people strewn all over the country, I believe. Okay, um, it looks like the news cycle is for some reason focused on the uh, resultless election. So we'll start with Jody first if she wants to go. I, I just, I, I don't even know where, I, I mean, it's not surprising that we're here, right? It's not, but you know, my home state of Michigan is an example of, I've been watching the state's website They've had Trump in the lead for quite a while. And the latest, it was like by, I don't know, 52 to 46. Um, and the media is still reporting it light blue. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what others think if there's lawsuits pending. But what, you know, it's not surprising. I just, well, I'm I just deflated. My passion's gone. I saw a tweet from Rudy Giuliani saying they're on their way to Pennsylvania right now. And um, quite honestly, that's probably Trump's only path at this point is to flip um, uh, Arizona back to red. And uh, I'm sure we could talk about what Fox News did last night and calling that way ahead of when they should have and, and probably shouldn't have called it at all. Um, and then uh, he needs to win Georgia and North Carolina. And at that point, he needs Pennsylvania. I think all eyes are going to turn to Pennsylvania. I think that's right, Mike. Um, you forgot Alaska, too, although I'm not sure. I, haven't, I have to redo the math, but Alaska hasn't been called for Trump either. Uh, Alaska is three. North Carolina is 15. Georgia is 16. Those, those 34 votes should all go to Trump, which would bring him from his current 214 to 248. Um, Pennsylvania would be 20 and that would only get him to 268. So he would then need either Arizona to flip or he's only down 7,500 or 8,000 in Nevada. Um, I don't know if that's likely to flip, but um, I think you know, there's some bad news, I think, with, with this election. I mean, obviously Trump losing is, is very bad news and uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat. I don't think that his chances of winning right now are very good. Um, I don't think, I was going to say, I don't think lawsuits are the answer, but I'll, I'll take that back because I think you've got to use every arrow in your quiver, but I think the more likely path for him to win, if he's got to use some other process other than just recounting the votes is to implore the state legislatures in Republican controlled Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona to exercise their authority under Article Two, Section One of the Constitution, and refuse to go refuse to go with tainted ballots, and have the state legislatures appoint the electors as the Constitution provides. 
And that's obviously going to create a lot of um, unrest in the country because people are not going to understand the constitutional mechanism. Uh, but from where I'm sitting, it's a clear, uh, this election is clearly being stolen. The, the votes were, you know, we stopped counting last night and all of a sudden, you know, they stopped calling states for Trump when Trump looked like he was about to win. Trump said in his statement that one in one in the morning that he was about to win. And, um, you know, they stopped counting. And then what happened a couple hours later when they started counting again, all of a sudden they had a bag full of Democrat votes. That's highly suspicious to me. And, you know, as a lawyer, it's not enough to prove the case, but it's enough for me to be really suspicious. And it's enough to make the case to the state legislatures that maybe something's wrong, something is going on that needs to be corrected by the state legislatures. And if you read Article 2, Section 1, I personally don't believe the, the, the courts have any authority, any jurisdiction whatsoever. Um, I don't think that this should be done through court battles. Uh, I'm I would only, and that's why I started off, I almost said they shouldn't do it. Uh, but I think they should fire every bullet in the chamber, use every arrow in the quiver. Um, but I think the, the most powerful argument they have is to implore the Republican legislatures to exercise the authority that the constitution gives solely to the legislatures, not to the courts, not to the governors, not to the executive branch, only to the state legislatures. Um, but that said, um, there were some positives out of, out of last night. And I don't mean this to, you know, try and, you know, sell you sunshine when it's raining out, but you know, the, the Republicans won seats in the house um, it's not clear whether they're going to take Pelosi out as, as Speaker of the House, but they're going to have over 200 seats. They're going to, it's going to be very close. It looks like they retained their majority in the, in the Senate. And as long as they control one chamber, it's not going to be possible for the Democrats to pack the court um, because they'd have to change, they'd have to Im implement legislation changing the number of justices. Um, well, so they, they as long as rhino senators to go along with them. <laughs> well, yes. And, you know, and, and in that sense, you know, that that's that's also good and bad, because I think it's a little bit of a clarifying election. And, you know, the Republican Party is going to need to come to terms with getting rid of some of these bad Republicans. We fought really hard for Susan Collins to win. We fought really hard for Lindsey Graham to win. Um, we fought really hard for Cory Gardner to win and he lost. Um, you know, there are a lot of Republicans that are that are not on the reservation and, you know, the Democrats vote united and, you know, the Republicans need to find candidates that are going to be more united. No, I, I generally don't trust the courts. I don't think the courts are friends of liberty most of the time. But with respect to the election, I just heard Jay Sekulow uh, on, on uh, I think, with Hannity saying that they're looking for an intervention from SCOTUS in Pennsylvania where they've allowed um, ballots to be counted after the uh, after election day, postmarked late. I think uh, that's my understanding of it. So, well, that's they, they, that case actually went up for them to do that now. Doesn't it make sense for them to go to court and try to stop that? Well, they went to court on that, or they already had gone to court on that. They asked for an injunction, and the Supreme Court said, "No, we're just going to let the process play out." And Alito's dissent, Alito wanted to grant certiorari, wanted to to uh, hear the case and resolve the issue before we got into the mess that we are in right now. And that dissent looks like it was pretty prescient, but 
Um, well, Seculo said it's ripe now. And plus, uh, we have another Supreme right Court before. justice at this time. That might make what? a difference. I said we have an, a new Supreme Court justice right now who might make a difference, right? Yeah, you know, I think it was right before. Um, I don't know if they're going to interfere right now. Um, and that sort of leads me to a, you know, a tangential point that I was, I was looking to make. And that is one thing that's clear from this election is that it looks to me like Biden won he either, you know, whether he won or he came close to winning, he did so either in a fair election or in a crooked election. And regardless of which one is true, it doesn't bode well for us. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to convince people that are committed to the level of irrationality that would allow them to vote for a Joe Biden to win. And, and obviously, if he won by, by cheating, clearly trying to persuade people who cheat is not, going to, is not going to work in the future. And that's something that we really need to start coming to grips with. I know some people on this podcast have talked about secession and separation. Um, I think that I think that we're gonna we're coming up on a reckoning because our voices are not being heard, and I, I'm not sure what we can do to to be heard. Um, Ed, you bring up something that's been on my mind all day: is what bothers me. What would bother me more that he won because people elected him, or that he won because of fraud? And honestly, I, I would be more distressed if people actually elected, if, if the media has this much power to so distort people's beliefs and the truth that people would legitimately, um, I, I almost feel like it makes me feel better if it's fraud. Sadly. Neither one makes me feel better. There's nothing that could make me feel good about it. I'm not a saying it's good. I'm just saying one's more, the American people being that lost is more painful to me. I think either way, it's, you know, there's no lesser of two evils there. It's both of them are so evil that, it, that we can't endorse either one. And we need to, we need to start having a reckoning and, and coming to grips with what that means. I mean, it, one of the two has to be true. Either they voted for him or he cheated. And either way, it doesn't bode well for trying to persuade them four years from now, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, if Biden wins and he gets control of ICE and he gets control of the border, he's going to allow a lot of these people from abroad who don't want to vote our way to enter the country. And once they enter California in particular, they get driver's licenses, they get, you know, the motor voter law requires everyone who gets a license to automatically be registered to vote. And that's, that's their, their path to victory. And I mean, and it's not just California. I mean, we only won Texas by about four points. Trump won by four points. That, that used to yeah. be, you know, Texas used to be our California. And Texas is now, it's coming into play. It, it's, not a, it's not a sure thing anymore. And the demographics are working against us. So uh, we need I to go like the, with, Huh? Sorry, Ed. I was just gonna say, I feel like there's just so much to unpack here. You know, there's some glimmers of hope here and there. Um, you know, you even look at a, a crazy state like California. They had a ballot measure on AB5 about independent contractors. 
that um, would preserve that, that job description were people who drive Uber and Lyft and things like that. AB5 was going to force them to become employees and I think ultimately become union workers. But Californians actually voted to uphold that status of, of independent contractors. But the one point I was going to make about Texas, and I think you could look at other states too, like you're looking at Georgia, North Carolina. I think some of these other business-friendly states have done a lot to bring companies from states like New Jersey, where I am, down there. And sometimes it has been corporate welfare too, to be honest with you, but they are bringing these companies there. Now those companies are bringing their employees and workers from the blue states. And I, I think that's starting to have a real impact, especially in a state like Texas. I just can't imagine that it's not having an impact. And you know that, that is troubling as we forecast uh, ahead you know, in future cycles. Well, you know, as people leave states like Illinois and New York, you know, they're heading to those states and sadly bringing their votes with them. I, I can't wrap my head around it living in Illinois where we all know, I mean, you can't live here and not be acutely aware of the destruction happening to our state over long periods of time. It's not like it just started. You know, your property values are getting crushed while your property taxes skyrocket for everyone. And yet you drive around and you see Democrat after Democrat sign in the yard. And you think to yourself, how is this possible? How is this possible that you don't put two and two together? That you think you're going to say, please, sir, may I have some more? And it's going to be good for you. It's mind boggling. But yeah, I would wager people who leave, the, who leave flee because of what I just described, a deteriorating state, are mind-bogglingly taking votes with them too often. Yeah, I mean, and again, there's, there's sort of a difference with some of the states. I mean, Texas is concerning. I mean, Mike, I you, excuse me, Mike, you go in and out. Are you, your volume is changing all the time. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why it would be happening. Okay. So I, I, I was going to say in terms of uh, Florida, Florida went really strong for Trump. And that's a state that has seen a lot of people come in, into the state. Um, so it's, it's hard to put your finger on what's happening completely. There's a lot of different factors at work. And you know, perhaps the Trump campaign, campaign just did a really good job on the ground down there. And uh, obviously did very well with the Cuban vote down in Miami-Dade. So... So, you know, that was another interesting thing is Cubans uh, clearly sort of get the dangers of socialism, whereas, you know, maybe those coming from South America into Texas and California aren't. Like, you know, maybe they're a little more, hey, yeah, big government isn't bad. I can't imagine why, but tech Cubans seem to be a little more acutely aware of the, the dangers of that versus South American people sure. coming in, Latinos right? from South America. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them fled, fled Cuba, obviously. They, they understand socialism, communism. You know, a lot of them lost loved ones, you know, before they came to America. So they, they understand it very well. Well, yeah. I just wanted to, to just throw a different 
you know, throw a different angle on things. I mean, I don't know if you guys are done saying what you wanted to say there, but I think another lesson to be learned here is that for all of Trump being a fighter, one of the things he didn't do until the last couple of days of the campaign was really highlight the Hunter Biden stuff. Um, and, you know, four years ago, he talked about, you know, he had people chanting, lock her up about Hillary and her emails. He went four years and didn't do anything. And in a lot of respects, Trump was aware of a lot of not just corruption. I mean, corruption would be awful enough, but just borderline, if not actual treason on the part of high ranking Democratic officials. And he didn't do anything about it. And I think I think he had some noble purposes in mind. I think that he genuinely believed he was going to win this election and that maybe he would clean it up after the election. But the reality is, I think that in retrospect, and I, not just respect, I thought so at the time, you know, where were the arrests? Why wasn't Barr indicting people? You know, he had a chance to really define the Democratic Party as the traitors that they are. And he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He, he talked about the, the media being the enemy of the, of the American people. But I don't think he ever said that the Democrat Party is the enemy of the American people. And that's an argument that he could have made and he could have started making it a year ago. He really could have made it a couple of years ago. And, and he was given, you know, it, they attacked him personally. They spied on him personally, his campaign. And they did it under false pretenses by submitting false information to a FISA court. And he's known about it. And, you know, there are a lot of people that want to know when are the indictments going to come down? And, you know, if Biden does ultimately win this election, the answer to that question is never. The indictments are never going to come down. And, you know, if Trump had actually instructed his Justice Department to act and to go after some of these people and maybe perp walk some of those people, I mean, hell, you know, we, we complained. I think we talked about this on last week's show. You know, we talked, we, we complained, we being people on the right, people, you know, Trump supporters, you know, how can the mainstream media not report on the Hunter Biden situation? Well, how about you marshal the evidence and you perp walk Hunter Biden and you perp walk Joe Biden if you have to and arrest these people and charge them and lay the evidence bare and, and make your case. And, you know, that's something, you know, if he does lose this election, like it looks like he's going to lose, it looks like that's going to be right now. Uh, I think that was his greatest error. I mean, that and, and agreeing to close down the economy. But I, I don't think that the closing down the economy is what did him in. I think, I think what did him, what would have done him in is the failure to define the, the true treachery of the Democrat party. And, you know, he's been warning about the possibility of vote fraud for a long time, but, you know, to borrow a phrase from Trump, it's, it was all talk, 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 just like a goddamn politician. And he didn't do a damn thing, you know, other than just, you know, lay the groundwork for saying, for being able to say it's, it was fraud after the fact. And while I do believe that there was fraud going on, I don't think he's going to be able to prove that. I mean, he should have done stuff. He should have done things earlier. He should have been filing lawsuits in August. He should have been filing lawsuits in July. He should have been filing lawsuits during the primary season when, when they were doing mail-in votes that way and said, sorry, that's not, that's not the way we do voting in America. And he should have begun making the case then. Again, you know, I'm not inside his head. I don't, you know, I don't sit at his table, but 
it seems clear to me that he thought he was going to win this election. And I think that he, he rested on his laurels a little bit about that. And I think he's going to pay the price for it. I, gotta, I just got to go with what I always go with. And I've been saying this for part of this for close to 50 years, and I'm not even that old. You cannot beat the media in this country. I don't care what anybody says. When the media refuses to report major news and now even censors major news, you cannot beat them, period. Yeah. The whole Russian collusion narrative only existed because of the media. There was nothing Trump could have done to stop that. There was nothing Trump could have done to get them to push Comey, to be honest, to be Brennan, to be honest, Clapper, to be honest. How about, so how about you charge them with with lying to the FBI or lying? Or, you're going to have to show me. Not. You're going to have to show me in the Constitution where the president can indict somebody. And the Justice Department can indict. He does not control. We we have this argument. He does not control the Justice Department. It is Bill Barr answers to, to him. The Attorney the General answers state, to the president. And yeah. there's a lot of people who say this. The deep state literally does not listen. Somebody said the other day, it may have been Daniel Horowitz, you have a defense secretary who can openly contradict and defy the president of the United States. You can, the president is powerless when the deep state just says, we will not listen. He has one choice. And that would be to fire every single person in all the upper echelons everywhere. And the press will never, ever, ever let him do that. I saw Biden in Biden's one of his last pitches. I wanted to throw something at a television or wherever I heard it. The Trump is going to be the first president in 90 years to leave office with fewer people working than when he came in. How dare they? And if we had a press, that would have been exactly what they would have said. How dare you say such a thing? So I don't believe no matter what else happens, Trump is the best fighter we've ever had as president and the press will not ever let somebody like that function. They learned it big time with Nixon and they've been pursuing it with every president since, every Republican president, they work to take down and they get better and better and better. So yes, maybe Trump could have done oh. a few things better. I think Trump from the very beginning hires very poor people but the press will not let him function. So, well, and I, I, I got to disagree with what you were saying. I mean, I, the stuff that you're talking about with pressing charges and all that, I mean, it, that's great for the base and, and we want to see people held accountable. I mean, I'm sure James Comey's got a smile from ear to ear today because all these people are going to get away with the coup attempt that they tried. But, you know, the Joe taxpayer out there isn't really going to care about that. You know, I, I honestly, I, I keep thinking of what are the reasons if he loses, what are all the reasons? And I think there are a lot. There are a lot of factors. The media is definitely a factor. The social media and big tech is a factor. Um, but I, I, I'm sorry to say, I think COVID has really been a big factor because it's torpedoed the economy. Okay. And that's what he was going to ride to victory this year. If, the, if COVID doesn't come along and, you know, we don't, we don't see Murphy and all the other governors shutting things down and destroying small businesses and having people in such dire straits, I think people are feeling good, and, and I think he, I think he wins easily. I, I do. I, I think COVID has been a really, really big factor. I don't think it's really his fault, but you know how these things go. It's just, it's just the way people feel. Well, it's not COVID. It's the way media forced COVID lockdowns yeah. on us. No, they didn't have the gut that he fired Fauci, they would have impeached him again. So no, I, I gotta just. 
I just want to say something about that. I mean, I, I don't think, first of all, I don't think it was the, the media didn't impose the lockdowns, the governors and the, and the mayors did. Um, but I think Trump made a gigantic tactical error saying that making this about it being a China virus instead of making it about a Democrat virus. And I mean, he, he, and he, it didn't have to be either or, it could have been both and it should have been both. You know, I understand why he wanted to make China the villain, but he did not make Cuomo and Murphy and Whitmer and Newsom and all these other jackals around the country that shut down the economy. He didn't make them the villain at all. And he could have. And he he thinks he made he thought he made a peace with them. You know, I heard commercials where, you know, Andrew Cuomo praised him and, and Phil Murphy praised him and and. It was almost like Trump thought, well, you know, they're going to say something nice about me. I won't say anything bad about them. But they went and started attacking him. And he didn't he didn't fight back about that. And I think it was a gigantic tactical error to not make this both a China virus and a Democrat plague to shut down the economy. And he should have he should have on every occasion reminded everyone the Democrats are the ones who, who crashed the economy. It's the China virus, but we didn't have to shut down. Not every country has shut down. The science doesn't necessarily say shut down, but he got on board and he got on board for 15 days at the beginning and then a second 15 days. And it was almost like he could never ever admit that maybe that was a mistake or it was, it was well thought, well intended at the time, but it needs to stop. He said that the cure can't be worse than the disease in, in March and April, but when was the last time you heard that? I haven't heard it in, in a long time. And he should, he hammered at the, he did at the very end. I went to a rally in, in, uh, in the last week of the campaign. He did talk about, uh, you know, that, that, that he wants to open the economy and the Democrats and Biden will close the economy. He tried to make that argument at the very end, but to me, it was too little too late. And yes, the media is a problem. You know, Steve, just going back to what you said a few minutes ago, I don't, I don't think I agree that you can't beat the media, but if that's the case, I mean, you're basically arguing for preemptive surrender. You're saying we can't win, so don't fight them. And to me, I would rather that he fight them. And, you know, he did try and fight them. He has fought them. He called them the enemy of the people. He calls them fake news. He mocks them. He ridicules them. He does fight them, but he doesn't fight. He should have fought them harder, I think. And okay. so I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what I wrote almost four years ago and made this argument. The country does not want what we want. And you kind of said it in the beginning, Ed, this is not a conservative country. This is not a right of center country. More people in this country want what the left has to offer than what the right has to offer. And they are the way they do this is through immigration and they do it through the education system. We will never fight as hard as they do to control education. I was talking to somebody in New Hampshire yesterday, fantastic person, used to be on the board of uh, education, couldn't take it anymore, left. We cede every board of education in the country to them. I'm listening to a podcast today from Mary Graybar talking against Howard's in history. We have allowed them to run education and media and we can not win that back. And I've been saying okay. this for years and you're but, right. Yeah. It's not preemptive surrender, Ed. It's surrender. They control the country. 
At best, okay, we can save a state or two. We will okay. never flip this country. Not happening. Well, let's look at education, okay? Education is a great example. Trump kept talking up the need to send our kids back to schools. And I'm sympathetic with that. I think on a certain level, he was right about that. But I, I think we talked about this on some of our prior shows. That, that was an opportunity to say, you know what? We don't need these teachers. We don't need this te these teachers unions. Maybe we should focus on different ways of teaching. Maybe we need to imagine, instead of reimagining the police, we need to reimagine education in this country. And he could have started a new conversation and made a new argument about, we don't want to give our kids to these leftist indoctrination centers. And maybe we need to start defunding them. If we can, if we can close them down for a full year and our kids are okay, maybe we really don't need them. He never the made country, that argument. The country does not want it. We have lost the country. And I, when okay, I wrote this years ago, I was very sad to write it. We have lost the country. I was listening to the book yesterday, Dumbing Us Down. It's a book about education from 30 years ago. We lost the education argument somewhere in the 1800s, early 1900s, when we decided to put people in government-controlled schools. We lost that battle. And right now, I've been saying for not many- Not just government-controlled schools, though, Steve. It's all schools. Oh, no, it's, it's not. It's not private general. schools. If there were not compulsory government education, we would not be in a situation where every conservative child that goes to public school is absolutely indoctrinated. I have it with people in my own family coming from generations of conservatives. They go to government schools and they become just a product of the school's indoctrination mm -hmm. and the culture's indoctrination. And if it's between listening to my way or Cardi B's way, the adolescents who grow into young voters are going to go Cardi B's way every time. I'm not happy to say it, but this country does not want what you and I want. They okay. just don't. And hey. we waste a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy fighting, but we lost. It's over. We lost. And by the way, it doesn't matter if Trump wins this go round. They fight harder than we do. They control everything. The best we will ever do, and I'm happy to debate this with anybody, is save a state. This country does not want what we want. And as far as polls, far as polls that say there's so many conservatives versus liberals, that's because a tremendous amount of liberals do not identify themselves as liberals. Just like CNN swears it's a center or center-right organization. Liberals identify themselves as centrists. Conservatives, I, who are people identifying themselves as conservatives at best are Mitt Romney types or New York kind of Republican types. And I think we have to, like in any other war, you get to a point and you realize we're not winning this war and we never will win this war. I, I really, I say this very, very sadly. We can, maybe Florida's gonna stay okay for a while. Um, a couple other states may be okay for a while, but that's it. Fl Texas will be flipped. The, one more cycle, two more cycles, and then everybody has to admit it's over. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Jerry. Yeah, that I, I probably, probably is over. <laughs> so, Steve, I, I sadly, reluctantly agree with you on that point that it's over. But I do want to challenge one notion, and that is that that this is not a conservative nation, and that we don't want or that people want what liberals are selling. And I think that is at the soul of most people, absolutely false. And it goes back to what uh, what Ed started with is the messaging of Trump. And I this has been my problem since the beginning of my journey 
uh, from left to right. It has always been about messaging for me. And look at this election cycle. Tons and tons of women went for liberals. Why do they do that? It's not because the liberals are better. It's because the left or right fails, fails monumentally to capture the moral win of the argument. You know, how many times I watch uh, in a debate or in a discussion and how many times the, the person on the left attacks the person on the right with the moral argument and what is the person, the politician, even Trump on the right, how do they respond? Defending themselves. You know how they should respond? Attacking the left because the left has been a disgrace on poverty. The left has been a disgrace on racism. It is highlighted in their areas run by Democrats for decades. And what does the left do? They pick up these little words and every single one of them, every single one of them says that over and over and over be, be, until it becomes truth in the minds of listener. And yet truth and facts are on our side and we can't have politicians and media pundits and presidential leaderships up there saying, as soon as they bring up healthcare, excuse me, healthcare has been worse on your, do you know what Americans want? They want care. They don't give a crap about coverage that you keep promising only to deny them care. And when the left brings up poverty, they don't say, excuse me, the left has been a disgrace to poverty in your states. Look at the supplemental poverty measures and how it has been a failure to by Democrats. Excuse me, Democrats care about income inequality? Look at the facts. The Democrats have failed repeatedly on the very important moral issue of income inequality. They should be putting the left on offense every single time, every single moment, and every single time, almost unanimously, they fail. The okay. right takes maybe, maybe you had a point. not offense. Okay, but George Orwell wrote a manual, and the guy who wrote Brave New World wrote a manual, and the wonderful woman who wrote Atlas Shrugged wrote a manual, and they were all taken as instruction manuals. And yeah. you read Brave New World and you see people walking around and all they want to do is play on their iPhone all day. You know, every week I get an email about new apps on Android. And there was a time I used to be excited because new apps were productivity and the coolest things in the world. 99% of them are, guess what? Games. That is what this country wants. We live in the brave new world. We live in Atlas Shrugged and we lived in 1984. And there is no out from those situations. They're just, it's the saddest thing in the world. There isn't. And right now I've been saying this for years, like Reagan said, we're the last place to go to. We need to have a sanctuary because you know Daniel Harwitz points out all the time, our country was shut down under a Republican president and shut down by many Republican governors and mayors. It's not only the Democrats who, crush, who crushed our economy. It's under a Republican and under many other Republicans as well. So the country as a whole, let's say there's a couple million people in this country who agree with us and agree with us strongly. They will never flip this country as long as they're all scattered around. It's just not gonna happen. Let me, you know, one of the things I started to bring up and I, I didn't finish my point when I say 
people want conservatism in this country. When I look and, 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 I, and I'm telling you, talk to other people. When I was a liberal, when I voted liberal and now I'm conservative, I want exactly the same things. My desires haven't changed. I want my neighbors to be able to eat. I want my neighbors to be able to get health care. I want all exactly, I don't want racism. I want all exactly the same things that I wanted before. My difference is that I woke up to what causes those things to be bad and what causes them to be good. And that's where the, the moral messaging by the right has been a monumental failure because it's not that we want different things. It's that we believe that the causes and the avenues uh, to curing those things, the messaging is not getting through. The messaging mm -hmm. on the right is, go is, back is to not what getting I always, through. But I tell you, we want the same things. People would rather be children taken care of than adults being responsible for their lives. That is the bottom line of what America has become. We've dumbed it down. America was built purely on rugged individualism and nobody taking care of anybody except for as a community. And we have gone all the way to the other direction. The majority of people in this country want to be taken care of. And it doesn't, you can say that the conservative way is a better way of taking care of them, but they don't want to have to worry about it. Okay. And I say I don't often, think I agree with that they've been convinced of the, the, the morality of self-sacrifice. That's what people have been convinced. They believe of. that That's rugged individualism is the most horrible thing in the entire universe. I know I went to social work school 30 years ago. Rugged individualism was the dirtiest word in the vocabulary. Okay. They do not believe what we believe. Remember that thing? What was the Library of Congress's exhibit about these are all white values to be on time, to work hard, to get ahead, et cetera, et cetera. They do not believe in the values that we believe in. Well, no, see, I, I, here's where I'm going to disagree with you, Steve. I think that you're jaded by living in New York and seeing the people in New York. And I see that in, in New Jersey where, where I live. But when I go to other states, that are not part of the, you know, the the Democrat stronghold. It's not the same thing. It's not the same way at all. And I see lots of people that are all for individualism, rugged individualism, the American way. Um, it's just, it's not the same. I mean, I understand why you might. Huh? Let's, go, let's go state by state. Who are they voting for? Who are they sending to Congress? Would you say Maine would be a rugged individualist state? Who do they send to Congress? Would you no, say I'm talking Maine? about I'm talking about places like the South, like the Carolinas, like uh, I mean, even Texas, which I know is only it was only four four points for Trump. Um, I shouldn't say because I haven't been to Texas, but I know Texan people. But I've spent a lot of time in the in the South, in the in North Carolina, South Carolina area, and I meet lots of people down here that are all about rugged individualism and can't stand socialism and can't stand the thought of being taken care of. At best, they're a 51% majority at best. And obviously they're not of the voters because look at who we're sending to Congress. South Carolina, remind me, who do they send to the Senate? Well, that's a whole separate conversation. It's not Lindsey a separate Graham conversation because we're sending at the best, the best states are sending no, well, garbage people. But South Carolina, I mean, the, the reason South Carolina sends Lindsey Graham to, to Congress or to the Senate is because they insist that they the no, Republican no, Party won't, won't close the primary. Okay, but the point is that's who they send. And Utah sends a Romney. The point is we don't- Utah also sent Mike Lee. Right, but so Mike Lee's one of two or three great people in the Senate. 
Texas at best, the best of Texas is represented in the Bush family, which are rhinos, okay? Yes, you have a sprinkling of Ted Cruz's who makes a lot of noise sometimes in the Senate. We do not have enough people in this country to send strong people to change this country. No president is taking down the Department of Education. Never going to happen. Unions are too strong. Influence is too big. So we can talk about taking down departments, but it's not going to happen. Well, you've got to make the argument. And like I said, we've got an opportunity right now. Schools are closed. If you're ever going to make the argument that we don't need all these teachers unions and all these teachers, this is the time to make it. And Trump didn't say a word about it. So, you know, where's our the point is the country doesn't want it. All I'm saying is the only prayer is to take the people who want it and concentrate them in a place where they can get it because you don't have enough people in any state that wants homeschooling wholesale like this. They're perfectly happy with the public school system. It allows them to play more games at home. It allows for two parents to work, et cetera, et cetera. There aren't enough people to want this. And there's nothing Trump argument. Did anybody make the argument that your property taxes could go down $10,000 a year in, in New York or New Jersey and, and you could use that money to send your kids to, to a, a private school or, or to homeschool them or to get a tutor or a nanny or whatever? I mean, nobody made that argument. I mean, it's not – property taxes are, are, are – run, run, we have runaway property taxes to fund these indoctrination centers that other, other people call schools – and, and we could have made the argument, we can still make the argument that we should redirect that money back to the parents and let the parents make decisions and let the parents educate their own children. And it's one thing to say it won't work, but how about we give it a shot? How about we put our best foot okay, forward? So show, me, just... show me the most red state and tell me that they ever pass such a law. Pick the reddest state you think we have in the country. Is there the one reddest... left? <laughs> The reddest state is Montana? probably Oklahoma, Wyoming, probably Idaho. Montana had a Democrat governor, I believe. Okay, yeah, that's a Oklahoma or, or Wyoming. And or what happens when you pass these voucher laws? They end up guess where in SCOTUS, and then SCOTUS says, "Well, God forbid, you should have voucher money going to a private uh, religious school." The point is, we lost that argument. We allowed government schools, we allowed them to become compulsory, and we lost the argument. Maybe, maybe, yes, if we put a whole bunch of us into one state, we could get that one state to abolish property taxes and let you send your kids to the school of your choice. But the country as a whole isn't going there. How many more elections can we lose before we finally realize what you kind of started off with today? The country does not want what we want. The country wants to be little babies with their iPhones and pecking on their thumbs all day and just being taken care of. And because we don't live in a place where you have a John Galt, they think this can go on forever. They think that they can squeeze this money. Look, Biden wins, God forbid. You know who's bailing out de Blasio? Jody, you're bailing out de Blasio. Okay, the people in Texas are going to bail out de Blasio and he's going to get away with it. And until people realize there isn't enough money, we'll just keep printing more money. And by the way, under whose administration have we doubled or close to that, the national debt? That would be Republicans. So we're not heading in a good direction. The only reason to vote Republican ever is the Democrats are doing this at 100 miles an hour and the Republicans are doing it at 10 miles an hour. But they're both doing it. They're both driving the country off the cliff. That's not going to change. 
if Trump didn't touch the national debt, you mean to tell me there's some other wuss that we're going to get through the primaries is going to go through the national debt? And by the way, if Trump loses this election, then that wing of the Republican Party is buried for another 50 years with the Goldwater part of the party. And we're going to have more wusses because this is proof that the Trump style can't win. So we're, we're not getting a stronger. I'm sorry. I, I think that it, you know, I think Trump's populism clearly does play. I, I think, you know, he's just an unlikable character. And I come back to like, there, there's a lot of reasons, you know, if he loses, why? COVID being one of them, the impact on the economy. I, I think his personality, it grates on people. I mean, even as a supporter, I gotta admit it grates on me at times. Okay, can I tell you something? People want, people want to like their president. Yes, like George W. Bush. And do you, how much less did they hate George W. Bush? Bush lied, people died. How much no. less did they hate Ronald Reagan? They Listen, they, I didn't say they didn't go and attack them, but I think Trump has, has a style and a personality. I, I mean, Reagan was, was still likable. I mean, Reagan won 49 states in And did they not try to get rid of him in his second term with everything they had and they get better and better at it? I get, I'm talking about personality. I'm talking about personality. I'm saying people want to like their president. And did they like Trump has not been likable. I mean, he's got a core of supporters that... Love him no matter what he does. Was Romney likable? Yeah. No. What did they no. say about Romney? Yes. Romney is the Uberman. What did they say about it? But what did they say about him when he ran for president? Oh, he was the uh, you know the he was the dog and the coming of Adolf Hitler. And but who was John McCain when he ran for president? They will treat you. Think Dave, I'm not saying that they aren't going to attack them, but Donald Trump has a different personality. It I, you doesn't know. matter. They would treat you the same. They'll treat Ed the same. Any Republican president. Yeah. Look, go back to your history. Since Nixon, every single True. Republican president is a reincarnation. I, they agree with you. Even if they're nice. So it doesn't matter who we elect. You think Ted Cruz, with his nice personality, would have accomplished anything that Trump accomplished? Hell no. So yes, Trump may be a very abrasive personality, but yes. that's the only thing that accomplished anything. Ted Cruz would not have accomplished a thing. He would have folded up like a cheap, whatever you call it, okay? I mean, because I he would have been busy being nice. And he, could, he could be really tough. Trump, Trump could be really tough and also not necessarily have to be- It could be unpresidential in doing it. Okay. But that's just the way he right. is. Listen, he's got a really narcissistic, Personalities, and okay, Mike. Except for the four, of what works for him is what is also his downfall. Right, Let's but except on. for the four of us, there aren't a lot of people who have the total package. Okay, <laughs> right, and the I, the likelihood of getting somebody with the total package who's going to make it to be president against the entire party. Remember, he had to run against his entire party, and trust me, if he loses, the entire party's coming back to take over that Lincoln Project. How much did they throw at him? Hundred million bucks. Plenty. How many generals came out against him? The point is, there's not enough people in this country who want what Trump was ostensibly selling. And by the way, we don't think Trump was all that conservative. He didn't get rid of the debt. He didn't take down any departments. There's a lot of things we would have wished he would have done that he didn't do. Unfortunately. One of his greatest hires, and I remember when people were arguing about Trump, well, Trump's going to hire the right people. Forget Jeff Sessions. Who are the second and third possibly most powerful people in the country? Two liberals from New York City, Jared and Ivanka. 
And there's a lot of reason to believe that Jared was behind talking him out of many, many things he was going to do, whether COVID related or other related. When he said he's going to fire Fauci, it's the Jared Kushner and his ilk who go, nah, not a good idea. We're going to piss them off too much. So listen, the country does not want what we want. We can keep believing that for another five election cycles, but we also say Texas is also going to go. Texas is going to tip. Californians are moving there every day, like we all said. Listen, we're, we're definitely drifting in the wrong direction. That's my feeling. I think we were center right 20 years ago. Now we're probably more center left. I mean, we're losing the popular vote again. There's no question about that. I mean, I realize California is going to be a big chunk of that. But, you know, we're, it's still an indicator. And the country. By the way, we lost Fox News. We lost the Drudge Report. <laughs> Russia's on his last breath. Okay. Walmart, which used to be a solidly conservative company, gone. Okay. They're far left right now. By the way, I want to bring up culture just for a moment. Did you guys see the viral video of this girl who just quit her job at Walmart? No. Google it, folks. Let's just say that there's a lot of words on it unfit for consumption. She gets on the public address announcement system at Walmart. Hello, welcome. Uh, hello, attention, Walmart shoppers. And goes on an F-word related rant. This is one of the last 48 hours about why she's quitting. That is the American we're up against. Okay, then there's another viral video of some lady saying she's going to rub X, Y, and Z into certain private parts of hers. Okay, those are the people that this country is producing in public schools. Those are the people negating our votes. And you're not going to convince them intellectually, health care and health insurance and all this stuff. They're two-year-old babies being raised mm -hmm. on purpose by our education establishment. Yeah. And that's the level they exist on. Because no, you know what would have happened to me if I would have used that language that girl used in Walmart? Probably the same thing would happen to anybody my age. It had to do with a bar of ivory soap. No, I think you're right, Steve. Sadly, we have grown adults who are nothing but mental children. Exactly. And that's by design. That's by design. They're all mental children and it's scary and sad. But, you know, and it's, it's, it, it, I, I hate to say it, but, I, and I think I've said it again, it explains history to me a little bit. You look back in history and you think, how in the heck? Did that happen? How did Hitler get so many people to be so evil? And I, you, you see how easily people are manipulated emotionally and how they are trained to turn off intellect and seeing the truth with their own eyes. It, it, it's, it's scary and bizarre, but I, as I watch literally fellow Americans be so, so, um, so, so fueled by emotion, void of truth. It makes history make sense. Sadly. Everybody wants a mommy and a daddy more than they want anything else. I don't Responsibility. Think, I don't think that we're gonna win any arguments by attacking the people that we're trying to convince. I don't think it's productive to accuse the American people of wanting to be taken care of like with by mommy and daddy. Um, and so far as you think that's true, the, the correct thing to do is, is prepare for a second American revolution and not 
and not start just attacking people. I mean, even if you're gonna fight uh, a, a real- Can we win the argument though? Is there a win? Is there- if, because... Even if you're gonna fight, even if you're gonna, even if your decision is to fight a war, part of fighting a war is, is a propaganda, you know, is an ideological and propaganda battle. And you're not gonna inspire people to follow you if you're attacking people the way you are. Actually, think, Ed, Ed, I got to totally disagree with you. We won World War II by calling the Germans a word that if I use, I'll lose my job. And by calling the Japanese a word that I will, if I use, I will lose my job. You do it exactly by defining the enemy as the horrifying people they are. And I'll tell you something else and I'll, I'll let you talk. Okay. If I remember correctly, D-Day, what did we do on D-Day? We gathered together in one spot, hundreds of thousands of people to converge on one spot. We did not send one soldier to this country and one soldier to that country and one soldier to that country. You do not win a war by scattering those who are gonna fight the battle. You win a war by concentrating them in one place and then going full bore. And yes, you have to you have to define your enemy. And we're not going to convince these people. And frankly, do you really think AOC is going to join our revolution if we say she's a nice, smart person? You think Ilhan Omar is going to be convinced because we treat her nicely, because we try to teach her something? It's not happening. No, but I, I just don't. Go ahead, Mike. I'm just, I'm just saying, who are, we, who are we trying to convince? Because we know that there's a segment out there we're never going to convince. We're trying to defeat. And we have to go at them. And, and that's, that's what I was going to say. It, it depends on who, 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 how you define the enemy, right? I mean, in the, if the enemy is middle. Huh? If the enemy is the, is the AOC types, if the enemy is you know the Bernie Sanders types, I, I agree with you. That, that I agree with that. But I don't think I don't think that's who you're talking about. I don't think those people alone constitute a majority. They got a lot of people in the you know in the suburbs. Who, who don't really follow politics and aren't really politically inclined to, to vote Democrat. And we're not gonna win those people by insulting them and attacking them. And I'm not saying that we need to pussyfoot around issues. And I'm not saying we gotta put you know, lipstick on a pig, but I do think that you know, just painting with a broad brush and saying that the American people are stupid and the American people are lazy and the American people wanna be taken care of I really just don't think that's productive at all. I think some people are, and I think that the leadership of the Democrat Party is trying to exploit the the feeling that some people have for that and the envy that those people have for, for people who are doing better. Um, but I just, you know, I, I'm listening to, to some of the conversation today, and it it just sounds like a bitch session, and, and I'm not for a bitch. No, it's not a bitch session. It's not at all a bitch session. It's a session of reality. 50% yeah. of this country plus does not want what we want and never will. And if we don't separate from them, they are going to eat us alive as they are doing. Your taxes are going up on January 20th. Okay. Your taxes are going up. They're going to eat us alive. And right. we yeah. lost that battle. What I'm saying though is, you know, when we fought the first American revolution, yes, we got our muskets and bayonets. And yes, we fired bullets at Lexington and Concord. But we also wrote a Declaration of Independence. We also wrote Common Sense. We also, you know, pamphlet, pamphlet, pamphleteering was a big thing during the, the American Revolution. And, and you know, there was, it, it, there's an ideological war that has to go together with 
with any kind of other war that you're thinking about fighting. And I just don't see how attacking the people that we need to, if not convince, at least, uh, you know, sow some moral doubt in them. I mean, those are the people that, you know, earlier you and Jody were talking about how much, especially Jody was talking about how much moral self-confidence they have. Well, you know, we need to have some moral self-confidence and we need to, to show what the, what the right way to live is and not be afraid to, to make our case, even when we know we're not going to necessarily win today. Sometimes, the, you know, Barry Goldwater didn't think he was going to win. I mean, he hoped he did, but, you know, he made the case and Reagan picked up the mantle and 16 years later, Reagan won. And where and are we 50 years Can later? I say something? Sure. No. Yes, <laughs> go ahead. Listen, I have been really against the name calling and I am against name calling in general, especially the way the left does it, where it is literally a replacement for facts, logic and reason. They use it as a replacement for facts, logic and reason. Yes, but you do. know what? I'm done and I'm, I'm ready to call a spade a spade. And let me just say, when you look back, do you know how many times people on the right have been over the last decade or more racist, greedy, so, no, no, let me finish that. Racist, all these things, racist, greedy, selfish. We have been name called into right. submission, into submission, silence and submission. That's how effective name calling by the left has been. And they've done it with lies. I'm done. I'm calling a spade a spade. They're the racists. They're right. the greedy people. Yes. They're the corrupt people. And Agreed. I will not apologize for name calling in truth. Agreed. They will That's apologize for name calling simply to avoid a debate about facts, logic, and reason. A, a cor correct, and I agree. And you could take it one step further and you could mention the, the pedophilia that is rampant in, in Democrat circles. And, you know, I mean, it was on the Hunter Biden laptop, for instance. Um, but that said, I don't think that's the same thing as, you know, the American people will never listen to us. The American people will never be persuaded. The American people just want to be taken care of. I, I just don't think that's productive at all. I mean, you know, we're just debating here on our show. I, I don't think that's a productive line of inquiry or a line of argument. I don't think it helps anything. I mean, even- so I'll, show you, I'll show you what you it know helps. What? I'll show you, you exactly you, what it helps. You know how- Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. I'm very happy to show you how it helps. Yeah. I don't know how many people here have been in the service, but we've all been exposed to the military service. How many people do how many people do they let in who want to join? Small percentage. They cull them. They winnow out the people who can't fight the battle. Now, if you want to say giving them a four F is calling them a name, say it's calling them a name. But when you want to win a war, you look at the people who are going to fight on your side with 100% commitment and you chuck the rest of the people. They cannot be involved in the battle. We're involved in a war. We have to look. 50% of the country doesn't want what we want. 30% of the country is That's somewhere in between, assertion. but they're not going to fight. I believe it was 3% of the colonists who were interested in fighting. It was a very small percentage. And if George Washington and Madison and everybody else would have spent their time saying, oh, you're not so bad, they never would have fought the war, the Revolutionary War. Let me finish sentence. They found those fully committed to the cause and then they went and they fought the cause. But they had to first decide who's in and who's out. 
If you want to say that's calling names, that's fine. That's calling names. They're the loyalists. That's the I name. Just think, I just think that when you say that 50% plus one of the American people wants to be taken care of and wants socialism and wants mom, you know, a mommy daddy state, you're effectively calling the American people as a whole evil. And I don't see not how- evil babies, not evil babies. babies. And they were you know how, babies. That may you be your intention, you but that's what I hear. And yeah, to but, me, I don't see it as any different or I don't see it as materially different than the 1619 project that seeks to indict American society as racist. On the contrary, if we don't call them what they are, we're never going Wait, to change them. I'm with this call. Here's, how you, word it. Who's here's, here's how you word it. You word it with the truth. You here, Here's what I say. I say right now, I am sick and tired of all of these people voting for stuff for themselves under the guise of because I care about others. No, at least be honest. At least say I'm voting for free stuff for myself. But they always have it under this framework and this false moral superiority of because it's compassion for others. That's what I'm calling a spade a spade. Be honest. Right. You're voting for your own free stuff and stop that dishonesty. That gets into cultural morality. I think there are people who do want the free stuff, but I think there also are people who have bought into the whole notion of the morality of self-sacrifice. They believe in the welfare state. Except not for them. I talk to these people all the time. Mike, (laughs) Mike, the thing is, Listen closely. Those people who believe that it's the morality of self-sacrifice, interestingly, they're not voting for politicians asking for their sacrifice. Usually, because most of the Democrats they put up, who do they want to tax? Not them. What are those Democrats saying? Oh, I'm going to lower your taxes. Oh, I'm going to give you all this. They're not, there's no moral. They don't have the moral high ground there. That is BS. I'm calling it. If anyone says that to me, that it's the moral high ground, I'm calling it. A spade is a spade now. You mean Joe Biden isn't donating all the money from China and Ukraine and Russia to uh, the poor? You mean Jeff Bezos is actually making money? You think that uh, Warren Buffett is keeping money? You think Bill Gates is keeping his money? I thought uh, Mike Bloomberg just gave all his money to the poor, didn't he? Oh, They're wait, frauds. I'm sorry. They're all frauds. He's they are all frauds. They are stealing money from us to give to other people. And you know what? Is it insulting to call them what they are? I don't think so. I think, no, unfortunately, America is no longer America, period. It's not. And they make fun of us for saying the rugged individualism and pulling yourself by your bootstraps and that everybody starts off wherever they start and you can become anybody you want to come. Look what they're doing to poor Clarence Thomas. They don't have any problem. Today, he's Uncle Clarence now. That's his new, uh, his new moniker. Okay. They don't have a problem calling us names. So we need to split off from those who believe the opposite of what we believe. I don't have any problem with that. I'm not sure. Did we not call King George names? Huh? Did we not call King George names? (laughs) Oh, we just shot his troops. I think you're equivocating, though. You need to define who the they is. I mean, when you're talking about 50% plus one of the American people, I think that's different than talking about AOC and Bernie Sanders. I well, I tell you what, listen, Ed, it's really simple. The numbers are out there and they'll be finished out there within a week or two. Those who voted for those who voted for a demented Alzheimer's patient and the absolute most liberal senator. Yes, that's the 50 percent I'm talking about. And 50 percent of the voters will have come out to vote for those people. They are self-defined. 
how in the world could people vote for somebody who literally doesn't have working brain cells? Those people, they're self-defined. They're voting against Trump too. I mean, you know what I mean? I think we're looking at it as black and white and it's not black. black Excuse white. me, it's still black. They're still voting for somebody who is demented to lead the largest, most powerful country in the world. Well, that is unbelievable. He didn't really see a demented guy up there on, on the debate stage. I mean, I don't know if he was drugged up or what, but he didn't make any real mistakes while he was um, up. If you, if you want to look at the <laughs> compilations of his dementia, ran a bad campaign in a lot of ways because this is a guy that's been there for 47 years. He's a swamp creature. He didn't paint him as that. There's so much material out there on Biden from over the years. They didn't use it as far as I can tell. It's all being censored, Mike. It's all being a a very positive vision at all. Excuse me. It's being censored. Every time somebody put out something against Biden, Twitter shut it down. Are we going to pretend the New York Post wasn't shut down? We're going to pretend, you know, Mark Levin's Facebook page has been basically wiped out. You cannot win this war. The, they are shutting down the information. Trump can talk all he wants, but if they shut his mic, nobody will hear. There was nothing stopping him from running TV and radio ads in places. To Excuse me? Out. Excuse me. Are you not aware of how many ads that the New York, the, the NBC and ABC said we will not put up? Are you unaware of that? Go Google it. They refused to put up the president's ads. Major TV stations. So what are you telling me? He, he has no microphone. They don't even have to give him electricity if they don't want to. Okay, Steve, but that's all that's true, but there are alternatives that are popping up. Why didn't Trump six months ago say, you know what, to hell with Twitter, I'm going to Parler. To hell with Facebook, I'm going to Mayway or some other organization. And, and I realize that those other ones, those other competitors are not as good platforms but maybe if the president of the United States goes and starts tweeting there and starts posting there, maybe those platforms get better. Maybe more people start going there. He needed to lead. I mean, no, I think and maybe the president can't be stronger. A president cannot be stronger than the sum total of the people that he governs over. And as he's one person, and maybe he thought that the American people gave a damn. And maybe he thought that the American people would actually step up and vote for him instead of putting us in this situation where we're teeter-tottering on who's going to win. You think well, Trump, should, what I was saying, Trump does not run this country. Okay? That's what I was saying earlier. I think that Trump made the mistake of thinking he was going to win. And I think that he fought hard, but there were things that he held back. You know, not a single time during the campaign did he mention any of Joe Biden's ties to segregationists his very racist comments that he's made. Um, his, I've his seen the ties to segregationists in the press. I've seen that brought up many times by people on his campaign. I didn't see him bring it up at Not all. Him he bringing bring it up, up but his campaign he didn't bring it up. And guess what? Come on, guys. We're old enough to remember the difference between uh, Mr. Bird from West Virginia and anybody on our side when Trump do not remember when Trump first ran and they were painting him with David Duke and Robert Spencer and everything else? The same people who absolutely can- canonized Robert Byrd. It does not work because the message will never get through. Robert Byrd was a god and anybody that, that look what they did with Charlottesville, etc. It will not get through. There's nothing Trump can do about that. Trump probably said, you know what, this country can't possibly be dumb enough to vote for Joe Biden. And here they are, they're voting for Joe Biden. And we're saying, but don't call them dumb. Well, what is somebody who votes for Joe Biden and the the most liberal senator in the country? 
okay, is going to probably be president. I will put 10,000 bucks that if Biden wins, she will be president by the end of 2021, okay? And she couldn't win, what, 2% or something in the primaries. So yes, there's something wrong with the vast, the vast amount of the American people. They want Kamala Harris as president. I'm sorry, you have to call a spade a spade. They didn't think she's gonna be president. No, I don't know who were voting for Joe and Kamala. I kind of kind of agree with Rush Limbaugh on this. They were voting for a generic D. They were trying to hide him as I, much as then you're saying they're even did a good job of, of actually defining them. You're I saying I they're dumber than what you're accusing me of saying they're dumb. No, they don't realize that if they don't vote for Trump, they're voting for Biden. Then you might as well be a stupid libertarian who voted for Joe. What's her name? The point is, everybody is an adult and they have to know if they did not put Trump back in office, they're putting Biden and Kamala. And she was introduced as the next president of the United States. So come on. So don't give me this stuff. They didn't know who they were voting and they, that's not why they did it. I don't Anything think that's what Mike said, though. He said that, that Trump just didn't define them well enough. And I agree with that. I think that what do you mean Trump, Trump had a messaging problem. What are you saying about 50% of America that Trump needs to define them? Do these people not have brains? You're the one arguing their brains. Trump does not need to spoon feed them. He's not their daddy. How can anybody in this country not realize the difference between Trump and Biden? Now it's not Trump's job, I'm sorry. We're not two-year-olds. I think it is the, guy, the candidate's job to define himself and define his no, opponent. No, he does that by being what he That's was for four goal. years and governing the way he governed for four years. He does not have to spoon feed the babies in this country. If he does, you're proving my point. There are a bunch of babies after four years of accomplishments and fights, listen, he needs to go and say, listen, children- Somebody who worked for a political organization that went out and actually canvassed neighborhoods and you're trying to get the, the people in the middle, the independents, the swing voters, you have to define things for them. If mm -hmm. you sit back and don't do it, you will lose. I mean, here in New Jersey, we've got places that were as counties as red as Texas, and we're about to see Republicans knocked off there. Because why? Because the, the New Jersey Republican Party sucks, and they don't know how to message it. Don't even try. Mike, Mike. They're, they're out there pounding them into the sand. Maybe you I'm not making myself clear because no one's getting my message. This country was only founded because people took the responsibility to get the education and knowledge on their own proactively. It is not the candidate's problem to tell everybody and spoon feed them that if you vote for the guy who swears he's gonna raise your taxes, that he's gonna raise your taxes. And there's no excuse for a, a functioning, mature adult human being to say, oh, you didn't tell me a week before that you're different than him. It is the duty and responsibility of a citizen to know who they are voting for, what they stand for and what they're not. So you're arguing that these babies who vote for these people need to be spoon fed a week before the election, what they stand for. If I you don't know what Murphy stands for in New Jersey and you have to be told that before the election, you shouldn't have a right to vote. Listen, wait, can I say something to that? Because if you compare where, you know, 200 years ago in this country and what people were voting on, and how much less the government had control over that people were being forced to vote on. Now we're being forced to vote on things as complicated as healthcare. And don't tell me I'm not being forced to vote on these things and climate change. Now me as a voter, I gotta go and try and figure out who's telling me the truth on climate change and who's telling me the truth on things as complex as healthcare and who's telling the truth on things like the economy. 
the the uphill battle and I, don't get me wrong i blame voters big time big time blame voters but look at the the voters aren't supposed to be voting on these monumentally complicated huge things that the right and left in those industries don't even agree on why do they have to vote on them because politicians butt their nose into things on behalf of voters where they shouldn't so the, 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 the hill that the, the American voter has to climb now to be an educated voter is huge compared to the hill that voters had to climb 200 years ago to be an educated voter. It's well, huge. You're proving my point. You're proving my point. Those are the voters who voted them in. I'm just saying the, 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 the reason why, you know, maybe before it was a little bit easier to say, oh, personal responsibility was because it was literally easier to be personally responsible. Today, people are going to their jobs and they're coming home and they're catching little sound bites on their media. And, and I come back to where I've been ever since I made you know my conversion from left to right. It's all about the moral messaging. And if you can't capture that moral messaging in a matter of seconds in the minds of the American people, forget it, you're toast. Okay, somebody and I guess what I'm saying is the opposite. Somebody can literally stand up there and be telling you, and then I'm going to kill your children, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that is so sweet. You're the nice person, person ever when you've already won their beliefs in the moral messaging. This is why I think history is what it is, and this is why I think history is going to repeat itself, because that's how people work. Okay, it's so very, I'm not very sure if easy. you're agreeing or disagreeing. If you didn't know the difference between Trump and Biden... You're not a citizen. I'm sorry. Nobody needs to explain it to you after four years. Okay. We're way, way over time. I think we're having a lot of fun here. I'm going to start with our guest if he wants to give his closing words. Mike? No, I mean, I, I think I had a lot to say. I don't know if I have much more to add to it. Well, what's your bottom line? <sighs> My bottom line? Uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to say. I go back to what I said earlier. I mean... I think there is a steady, slow drift to the left. We were more a center-right country not too long ago. We're now we're center-left. Uh, I, I think that um, you know we're not we're not headed in a good direction for a lot of reasons that we discussed. And, uh, you know, I don't know how we I don't know how we turn the tide. You know, we have our work cut out for us. That's for sure. But you know, I mean, here we are looking at an election. We're all biting our nails, worried about how it's going to impact our lives, and it wasn't supposed to be this way. Is one thought that keeps popping into my head. Government was not supposed to be this big a factor in our lives, but unfortunately, it is. And you know, we have to deal with it. We're not going to roll it back anytime soon, if at all. Okay, Ed. So much to say. <laughs> uh, I think I think as of we're recording this podcast on Wednesday afternoon, uh, it looks like uh, with Wisconsin and Michigan having been called for for uh, Biden, it looks like Biden is going to win at least as far as the votes go. Um, but I don't think it's the disaster that we're all feeling. The Republicans won the House election. They basically had a tie in the Senate, as far as I know right now. I think it's, it's either Democrats plus one or it's even. Um, even the states, if you look on a state-by-state -state basis, only a couple of states flipped from, from 2016. In, in a lot of respects, it was a status quo election. 
Um, I think in retrospect, there were a whole lot of missed opportunities that the Trump campaign could have seized upon and didn't. Um, I think that they were overconfident. I think that there were arguments that could have been made. I also think that insofar as anyone thinks that the country is sliding away, I think that you need to start preparing for what that means. It's, you know, I don't think you're going to get anywhere by by whining or by uh, name, you know, a, you know, I was going to say, you know, name calling, but I, you know, I agree that when it comes to the AOC types and the Bernie types, when they call you a racist, you've got to be prepared to call them a pedophile. But I don't think that the, the vast majority of the 70 million people that have voted for Biden fit into that category. I think that Mike came up, you know, Mike offered a couple of really good insights. I think I think that Trump's personality was an issue, a bigger issue. Um, I don't even want to say that then we realized. I mean, I think everyone knew that it was a liability. I mean, you know, for me, you know, I, I like that he's a fighter. Um, I, I don't want him to, to fight less. Uh, there were some times when it was a little gratuitous and I think not well focused. I think that there were attacks that could have been made that weren't made. He could have called Joe a segregationist. He could have called Joe a racist and he could have posted videos showing that that evidence was there. Um, I think, you know, the Hunter Biden thing, I think Trump sat on it. I think that the Trump campaign knew about that. I mean, the FBI knew about it in December of 2019. Um, it was known. My understanding is that the, the hard drive was, was given to Rudy Giuliani over the summer. They knew about it. They thought that it was more uh, beneficial to the campaign to wait until October to release it. Instead, I think it should have been released over the summer. And you know what? If the Democrats chose another candidate at the last minute, so be it. But I think that for the betterment of the country, he should have presented that evidence as soon as he had it. I think, as I keep, I've said today and I've said in other shows, you want to get people's attention. You want to make it impossible for the media to ignore things perp walk some of these bastards okay they've done some really awful horrible things they've done some real damage to our republic and it, he should have he should have taken advantage of that and i think that you know like i said there were other messages you know we talked about the schools you know covid offered an opportunity to to attack the teachers unions and to say that these are bloated wastes of money that your property taxes are way too high and that if you put Republicans in charge, you can have a different life and a different type of schooling and, and have lower property taxes. And, you know, and, and there were other arguments. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not one or two or three things. I think that there were things that there were opportunities that were missed. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of people voted just because you voted against Trump because they thought that he was an asshole. And, you know, personally, I think that the AOCs of the world need to be dealt with with an asshole. I think Joe Biden needed to be dealt with with an asshole. But my my big disappointment is that when push came to shove, he didn't act like an asshole to Biden. He you know, he called Cruz Lion Ted. You know, I mean, I guess he called Joe Sleepy Joe, but there were worse things he could have called Joe Biden. And he didn't make those arguments. He didn't. I, I will always believe that he got cocky. He got confident and in his own warped mind, 
he thought he was being presidential by not making some of those arguments and by not attacking Democrats the way he could have and should have. And I think that that was ultimately what really backfired on him. And I think if he had made some of those arguments, the media couldn't ignore it. I mean, they wouldn't have ignored it. They would not have ignored Hunter Biden being perp-walked and paraded in handcuffs, you know, the week before the campaign or the summer before the, you know, before the election. He should have done it very publicly the way Roger Stone was and the way, you know, the way other people in his administration were targeted. And he just didn't. And they were, I'll just close by saying there were a lot of opportunities that he could have had and that he missed. And up until about, I don't know, about 18 hours or so ago, I thought I was as confident as I think his team was. I thought it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter and that he was going to win anyway. It turns out that I was wrong and it turns out he was wrong and the consequences are, are pretty bad. But um, I don't know what that noise was, but um, I'll just close by saying, you know, by going back to how I started, I don't think that this is catastrophic in the sense that Republicans won the House races. If the Republicans control at least one chamber of Congress, they can block a lot of the worst things that, um, that Biden and Harris want to do. If they control both, they, all the better. But, you know, it's going to be time for, for the Republicans to step up and they're going to have to start making the case for, for some serious reforms and not just cutting around the edges. And they're going to have to learn how to fight. You know, that, you know, I hope that the lesson from Trump's defeat is not we can't fight. I hope that they just learn to fight better. And we'll see if that's what happens. Jody. Yeah, I'll be quick. I know we're really far over. I just wanted to highlight, I am definitely not a fan of name calling, but a spade is a spade and I'm ready to call a spade a spade. And I, I, I don't support name calling as a strategy, which is what the left does. And Trump did it sometimes too, name calling as a strategy. But name calling as a pointing out what is real, I'm, I'm there. I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done with being called a racist. They're the racists. I'm done. That's where, that's where I'm at. I don't want to go on for long, but um, I don't consider myself a whiner. I actually have a plan that I've had for many years. And I spent my day yesterday in New Hampshire. I drove eight, eight nine hours yesterday. And I spent the day campaigning in New Hampshire. And I'm proud to say that New Hampshire flipped the House, the Senate, and their executive council, all Republican, flipped all three branches. And Sununu stayed in power because I believe that most of what we're doing in New York, New Jersey, and these other states is just a massive waste of time. Um, I'm going to post some show notes up on Facebook and probably also on MeWe, including a um, podcast from Daniel Horowitz several days ago. I don't know if you listened to it, but he actually believes the exact opposite. He believes that by telling ourselves it's not so bad, we're lulling ourselves back to sleep even worse. But that's for another show. So um, I hope everybody doesn't think I'm a name caller. I think I'm getting called names as a name caller. But um, anyway, I think this was a fantastic show. I think, uh, again, I always love passion. So I want to thank everybody for participating in it and hope to see you back next week again at four o'clock. We'll be up on SoundCloud, iTunes, and wherever else you can find podcasts, hopefully within the hour. And um, we always invite people to call in and to actually participate. 
So have a wonderful week and we will see you next week at four o'clock. Have a great what's left of your day. Don't look at the news. Bye, Jody, Ed, and Mike. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.